This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Let's stand up again. Just <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Lord willing, we're going to uh, be talking about that today. <laughs> Power of the spoken word. Amen. 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 You know, your words are, there's something. There's something that can change many things. Amen. You know, Pastor Walt was talking about the uh, um, tithes and offerings and everything. You know, in the book of Malachi, he mentioned the book of Malachi. And, you know, God spoke about how people rob him in tithes and offerings, you know. And, you know, and God let him know some things because not because he was condemning them, but he wanted them to. God wants people to be blessed. You know, he wants us uh, 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 walking really like himself you know that's why he he well i'm I'm already jumping in the into that but but in malachi it talked about how you know you rob me tithes and offerings and then you know and then god said you know then your words are styled against me sometimes our you know we don't we don't understand the power of our words you know, words can change things. You know, you've heard the thing that says prayer changes things. You know, but prayers, words. It's words unto, uh, you know, to God. And they change things because God is attentive to words. Because he's attentive to his son, the word. You know, and words are powerful, you know. So, you know, it, you know, when you put your tithe in there, when you put your offering in there, or, you know, uh, uh, declare some words. Even before you get here, I prepare mine usually before I get here, you know. I was kind of doing it on the way here. I had to check already. I just hadn't put it in an envelope yet. But, you know, declare some words. Get in the word to find out what the word says about that thing and let God move. Your word affects your healing, your health. It affects so many things, you know. And, you know, God wants a people. You know, uh, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 4. He was speaking to a woman who had been through a lot. You know, kind of like an outcast, you know. Went through a lot of hurts. This ain't my message, but <laughs> anyway, you know, she'd been through a lot. You know, and Jesus kind of changed his route because, you know, Jesus spent time in prayer. And he said, I must needs go through Samaria. Samaria were people who were outcast. You know, kind of like half-breeds, you know. And keep that going. You know, they're like half-breeds. You know, because they had intermingled. Israel had intermingled, you know, outside of the covenant. And they were considered half-priests. But you know what? You know, even though God had a covenant with Israel, God loves all people. 
The word said God so loved the world. That's right. That he did something. God loved by giving his son. And love always gives. You know, but Jesus went to minister to an outcast. He could have been ministering to multitudes, but he pulled aside to minister to one. Because that one was hurting. Out there, walking, you know, in the heat of the day. And in that part of the world, you know, around the noontime is the hottest part of the day over there in Israel. I've been over there. It's beautiful, too. I tell you, y'all ought to go if you get a chance. But anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, she's out there in the hottest part of the day, you know, because she's an outcast. Usually women go either early in the morning in groups or in the evening in groups for safety. But she's out there by herself. And God had an appointment waiting on her with Jesus. To minister to her hurt. To her pain. You know. Not to condemn her. You know he told her some truth. You know. He brought her through a process to bring him. Bring her to the father. And he said made this statement. You know, after he got her through that process, he said, the father's looking for something. And he's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. The truth is the word of God. It's a sincere heart in the spirit is by the Holy Ghost in him. And when we come to him, no matter where we're at in life, no matter how, what we're going through or what's, you know, what's coming against our life or what's not coming against our life. Maybe everything's going good. We still need to worship him and spirit and truth coming to him. Because there's things we don't know about that God still wants to do in our lives. Amen. And he wants to work in your life, in my life. You know, because I, I, you know, anyway, I ain't nowhere near as a ride. <laughs> Forget my English. You know, and we're on a journey. But in his eyes, I'm perfect. You're perfect. Because our perfection's not in us. It's only in him. And if we begin to look at him. Look at our Heavenly Father, not as one that's ready to condemn us or to, to strike us, but one who sees us as he sees his only begotten Son, full of grace and truth. He wants to reach down. When we get that attitude in our heart, guess what? Faith arises because we're hooked up with the Word. And God, by his Spirit, will begin to do things. Some of y'all need some things done right now. That's why I'm, I hadn't got into the message yet. And Pastor Walter, if you come forth and, you know, uh, uh, prayer partners, we're going to take this time to pray. You know, before Jesus, you know, and sometimes before he ministered the word to some people, he fed them. Sometimes it was after. But he fed them. You know, a full stomach can listen to you better than a starving one. <laughs> Amen.
a healed body is more likely to receive from God if they're whole. Amen. Whatever you need, if you need healing, if you got a situation you're facing, you don't know what to do or something you've been crying out to God for, you need a change. I want you to take time right now and just come forward. And these who will pray with you, they're going to pray according to the word, Matthew 18, 19. If any two shall touch and agree as asking the Father anything, guess what will happen? That's right. He'll do it for you. It shall be done. And if you see the Father as looking at you and saying, you know, I love you. I love you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. Whatever it is, guess what? Your heart will rise and say, you know what? Daddy ain't going to do me no harm. Them grandboys, no, grandpa ain't going to do them no harm. They know if they go to him and they need grandpa, he's going to start moving to do whatever he can. Because he loves them and they know it. Know that your father, he loves you. He cares about you. He has good plan for your life. He's preparing something for you. He'll turn it around. What the enemy meant for evil, he'll bring it for good. If you believe, Jesus said, be it done unto you according as you have believed. So come. Whatever it might be, we're going to take some time. Whatever you need prayer for. And if you don't have anything, let's, let's worship in spirit and truth with those who are coming. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We adore you. We adore you. High and lifted up are you, Lord. And we adore you. Come on, church, sing your own song here. We adore you, Lord. We delight it in you. We offer our heart to you. Nothing's too hard for you. Nothing's too hard for you. We adore you, Lord. We adore you. Oh, faithful one, faithful one, we adore you, we adore you, Jesus, we adore you, Lord, 
We adore you, Lord. We adore you. Holy Spirit, only as you can, only as you can, do what you only do. Hallelujah. Only as you can. Thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You are faithful. Faithful God. Faithful God. You keep covenant. You show mercies that are ever enduring. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't be afraid. You are good, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good, our Father. You're so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name. 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 We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. All things possible with you. All things possible with you. Nothing too hard for you, Lord. Heal and restore. Heal and restore. Heal and restore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Our eyes are on you. Through it all, it is well. Through it all, yeah, I'll go back to this way. My soul, hallelujah, the ways and wind still know your name, so let go, my soul, I trust in you, Jesus, yeah, 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 thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for this precious time we've had with you in worship, Father, and adoring you for who you are. We always need you, Lord. We don't lack anything because of you, King Jesus. You're our shepherd. We thank you for always being with us. Thank you for your presence, Father, with each one here, Father. Thank you for your anointing that destroys yokes and removes the burdens, Father. Thank you for the word of life, the word of grace, the word of faith, the word of truth. We thank you, Father, that that word is eternal. It doesn't return to you void, but it accomplishes that which you've sent it to do. And it prospers in the ones, in the situations, in the places that you sent it to, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you that as the word comes forth, Father, hearts are open, ears are attentive, and eyes are focused on you. Not on a man, but on you, King Jesus. We thank you that we'll be enriched. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. I'm your vessel to be used how you say. You be glorified in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, and amen. You may be seated. Amen, amen. Well, welcome again. Uh, my name is Bruce. Uh, as Pastor Walt said, Pastor Norris was not able to be here today. He had a procedure done, and I think he sent out an email, and most of you know about it if you received that email. And so uh, he's doing good, not in any pain. He's just regaining his strength. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, God does things supernaturally, but he also does it through people sometimes amen you know uh, uh so uh, uh we thank god for uh, uh being able to catch what they caught early and that everything from this point is fine going out amen amen, amen. thank you jesus mm. <laughs> i'll tell you but the presence of god is so good i just it's just so sweet god is good and he always does good. That's what his word says, you know. And that's why we need to be in that word to, 
to know what it says so we can know also what to expect, you know? The Hebrews 11, one says, without faith. Excuse me. That's, that's not what it says in 11, one. <laughs> I'm jumping down to 11, six. It says, now. <laughs> oh, the ghost get me right, so. <laughs> he pulled my chain, so. Now, faith. Because faith is always now. It's not tomorrow or it's not yesterday. It's always now. Now faith is the substance or the support or the assurance or the persuasion or the conviction of things hoped for. The biblical word hope don't mean, well, I, I wish. It means a confident expectation with anticipated pleasure. Now, faith or firm persuasion, firm conviction or firm assurance is the substance or the support of things confidently expected with anticipated pleasure. And it's evidence of things yet not seen. Amen. And it goes down in 11.6 says, without that faith, it's impossible. You know, when God says something is impossible, guess what? <laughs> you better listen. <laughs> you know, I wish I would have listened a couple of times. But anyway, it's impossible to please him. That word please there doesn't just mean to delight him, you know, but it means to agree with him. And Amos says, how can two walk together unless they what? Agree. That's why we need to be in this word. Amen. Because this word is not just letters on a page. It could be that if that's the way you take it. But this word is life. This word is peace. This word is strength. It's joy. It's whatever we need. Amen. Let's go ahead and get into this message. Amen. In this life, faith-filled words dominate our circumstances, whether they are words of lie or words of death. You know, uh, most people think, you know, when they think about faith, even in the kingdom of God, because faith operates not just in the kingdom of God. You know, faith is a principle that God set forth in the earth, period. And it operates whether it's operated in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness or of this world, I should say. Because all faith is, again, is a firm persuasion or, you know, well, I should say it's a persuasion, a conviction or an assurance because if it's firm, then that means you got strong faith. If it's weak, your persuasion is weak. Guess what? Jesus said, oh, your faith is weak. All he was saying is that your faith is not firm enough. You know, he, would, he didn't question that they didn't have any faith. He just said it's not firm enough or it's not strong enough. Amen. In some cases, people didn't have any faith. And again, you can't agree with God. But faith works in 
And if you're not saved or saved, you know, when you sit, when you went to sit down in that chair, you were operating in faith. When you didn't go say, let me check the screws and all those things, you operating in faith. It's that simple. You were operating in faith, you know. And that same principle is the principle of God, the principle of the kingdom. It's how God operates. And he made us in his image to operate the same way. So, you know, and the Bible says, in a, uh, uh, it says, faith cometh by hearing. Say that again. Faith cometh by hearing. Amen. But I heard something else. It says, but that word hearing is not just hearing one time. It's hearing and hearing and hearing. You know? You know what they do in a court of law? Oh, I didn't think about that, but that's good. (laughs) They do. They have hearings. You know? And what do they do at these hearings? Huh? Huh? They listen, but they also pre- pre- present what? Evidence. Evidence. You got one that's a pro and one that's, a, you know, against, you know. They're presenting evidence trying to do what? Persuade or convince. It's where conviction, you know. They're trying to convince the jury or the judge to agree with them. You know, they're trying to get them in faith. And they just don't present one piece of evidence. They keep bringing it and they'll, they'll bring a couple witnesses to say the same thing. That's like the Gospels. They almost, I mean, most of it says the same thing. Because God's trying to convince us, persuade us, to get us in faith. So we'll be walking like him. Amen. So it comes by hearing and hearing. And the more we hear and hear the word of God, the, the more we get convinced. But if we listen to the enemy the same way or the way of the world, guess what happens? Faith still operating. We're just convinced about the wrong thing. And might not even know it. Some people are, some people are convinced about things that, I mean, they believe it's the truth. You know? And they operate in it, but it's a lie. So whether, whether these words are life or death, are, are, our words possess the ability to have a profound effect in setting and determining the atmosphere for our existence. Your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. The words that leave your mouth, they either contain one or two things. Life or death. Not only here now on earth in our day-to-day living, but also for all eternity. We must make a choice to use our words or our breath, because that's what words are. You know, ah, I ain't going to go there. Okay, Holy Ghost. Our breath for our, we must use our words, our breath for our Heavenly Father, for His will and purposes that he put us down here to walk in. You know, God has a purpose for your life. 
And that purpose is really only found in one place, in him. You know, there's a lot in the, in the, uh, in the world about identity today. You know, I was talking with a, uh, a real good friend of mine. Some of y'all know him, Jerry Lynch. You know, he's a missionary to, to uh, Guadalajara. But uh, uh, he's out in Texas now. But uh, and he would just talk, talk about some things, you know, uh, uh, you know, because he's working right now at a vet, you know, vet, uh, veterinarian hospital, not veterinary, but the vets, veterans. <laughs> y'all know me with words, so y'all got to, you know, and I'm talking about them today. But anyway, you know, for the military, OK, <laughs> I, I'm one of them. So but anyway. You know, he, he, he works at, at, at a veterans hospital, you know, and he tells me about all kind of cases that be coming in, you know, especially people dealing with things with, you know, uh, uh, traumatic brain and all that, those things. And they have all these things, you know, and, you know, and he's a spirit filled man of God. So, you know, when they come in there, you know, all kind of things happen, you know, but he's telling me about this one, this, this, this last time about. How he came in there, you know, and uh, uh, actually it was a new, it was a new uh, supervisor that was in there. And, uh, uh, and he, he, you know, he was kind of down and everything. And Jerry would just be speaking to him, speaking life to him every day. You know, tell him, hey, just, you know, smiling sometimes, but encouraging him. He didn't know, have a, a clue to what was going on in that man's life. But, you know, after about six months, the man called him in his office and said, hey, I want to thank you. Because these six months, you, you've been encouraging me and I've been getting strength. And he said, I really appreciate that. And he began to tell him what was going on. He said his daughter, his young, uh, 15-year-old daughter had a disease that was, you know, uh, uh, it was life-threatening. And, and his son he had a younger son who the teachers were saying that he's, you know, basically he's dumb, stupid, and retarded, and he needs to go into special education. And, and Jerry said, you know, Jerry just listened for a while. And then after he finished, because he was kind of discouraged about that, he said, he said, let me tell you something. He said, that's a lie. That's a lie. You know, uh, he prayed for his daughter, but he said, your son's not dumb. He's not stupid. You know, He's smart. Look at you. He's your seed. You know, he began to declare to him. You know, you know, not so much in, in, uh, in scriptural terms, but what the word, the principle of what the word was saying. He said, don't let those teachers declare to you about who your children are. You declare to them who they are. And he said, they are blessed. He said, they're going to excel. They begin to declare all those things, you know. And that man got so strengthened from it you know and he said I see that he said I thank you and he, this man's not saved he said I thank you I see now you know and, and he said I'm gonna do that you know and I, I it won't be long for that man gets saved because God's doing results in that situation you know but see we have we have that same ability you know see your words matter. I need to stick over with my notes. But anyway, your words matter. Because <laughs> I'm jumping all over the place. But your words matter. Your words carry power. They carry life or death. 
you know? And in that situation, Jerry began to, yeah, it was Jesus through Jerry. Jerry began to minister to him. Word minister means just to serve. So being behind a pulpit, that's okay, but it ain't everything. You know? What's everything in the eyes of God is that you're following his heart. That you're obeying his will. That you set your heart in agree with, agreement with him and his purpose and his plan. Whether it's on the job or at Walmart or at McDonald's or wherever it might be. In the nursery and even here. Encouraging one another. But you know, he, he began to minister to pour into him that oil and wine. Because he was like that man who got robbed on the road, who Levites passed by and priests passed by. But there was, a, we talked about this earlier, a Samaritan, <laughs> a half-breed come by, who the Jews hated. And they hated the Jews, you know. But this Samaritan, he had something in him. He stopped and poured, the Bible says, poured in the oil and the wine. And took him to a place and said, hey, take care of him. If I owe you anything, when I pass back by, I'll pay his bill. You know? And we can do that with the word of God. You know? With our words. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Let's look at chapter 30 here for a moment. Deuteronomy 30. Your words are important. They're powerful. But there's an identity crisis in the, in the earth today. It really has always been one, but especially today we see it more manifest. Especially with our young people. You know, and, uh, but, you know, you know, in talking with Jerry, he's talking about there's another man that came in with his father, you know, and, and uh, you know, he was waiting on him, ministering to him, you know, and, and uh, all of a sudden Jerry said, I just need to share something with you, you know, about uh, what uh, this man said at my daughter's graduation. You know, she, any of y'all that knew Sydney, she graduated this year, a year early, so. But anyway, uh, uh, and he began to tell him uh, about how the spirit, uh, the principal or whoever was talking about how uh, people have let social media, you know, this, this phone or this tablet, give them their identity and how all these things have been, you know, uh, coming as a result of it. You know, children, you know, suicide, you know, has skyrocketed in the, in the past several years. Pastor Walt was talking about that about a week or so ago. You know, it skyrocketed where people are, are, are they at the, they're, they're either at the verge of taking their lives or they've been taking their lives because they don't see a hope. They don't know who they are. They have no clue why they're here. They don't see a hope, you know. And, 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 and all they can see or, or, or listen to or see is what people are saying to them. And if they're not people of God, guess what they're getting? You know, oh, they didn't like me on Facebook. So, you know, or they, they're getting things that are destructive, words that bring death. You know, all social media is not bad. I'm not saying that. 
But the most of it is because, not because of the, so, the, the platform, because the platform is just that, it's a platform, it's a tool. Just like money. Money is a, a what do you call it, inanimate object, or y'all know what it is. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, <laughs> help me out. You know, but it's one of those things that if it's just sitting there, it can't do nothing for you. But if you take it and do something with it, it can produce or it can harm. You know, and see, that's what social media is. It can be used for good or it can be used for wrong purposes. And there's a lot of wrong going on because of what where people's foundation is, where they're at, where their understanding is. They don't know who they are, so they operate from the place of not knowing who they are. And whoever speaks to them gives them their identity. And it happens to be the world. Which the scripture says, its wisdom is sensual, you know. It's devilish. It's just totally evil, you know. It produces death. But they need the wisdom of God. And God has a people. And he's raising up a people that he wants to operate in who they are. But we in the church got to find out who we are. You know, you know, some of us do. Some of us don't. It's no condemnation. But the thing is, we need to get on the ball or on the stick or whatever they say today. <laughs> I'm old school, I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? We need to get about the Father's business like Jesus was when he was 12 years old. You know, we need to get about the Father's business and begin to find out if we don't know who we are. But if we do or are in the process, even in the process of finding out who we are, we need to begin to be pouring out. Like that woman who came to Jesus amongst those who thought they were everything, you know, and she broke in there anyway, and they were talking about her, you know. But you know what? She came in there and broke the most valuable thing she had. She knew about her life. This, this thing was her life. This was her identity. And she broke it open and poured it on Jesus. And Jesus said, oh, this, is, this was worship. He said it's so powerful that she, she, her testimony of what she did is going to be told all around the world for a memorial in days to come. And it is. It has been. I'm doing it right now, you know. And, you know, but she poured out what she did know about herself and what she had saw in Jesus and learned from him. She poured out and gave it to him. And it changed her life. Because he had been affecting her life, you know. So whatever you have, it might not be as much as somebody else have, but when we got it, we got to begin to pour it out. Amen. People sitting next to you at your works here in church sometimes, they need to be poured on to find out who they are and what their purpose is in there. If you're there in Deuteronomy 30, I sure ain't going nowhere like I had wrote it down. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but y'all know me. <laughs> I just let daddy use me how he want to use me. Amen. I ain't blaming it all on daddy. It's, you know, just me. Anyway, you know, we need, we, we have to make a choice, you know, in life of, of 
who we are, whose we are, you know, what we want in life. And in that choice, one of the first things is we have to determine who we're going to serve. Because you know what? We know this about ourselves. We didn't get here by ourselves. <laughs> we just didn't, oh, <laughs> what is this? Oh, earth? <laughs> you know, no, it didn't happen like that. You know, there was a process, you know. Daddy, mama, or, you know, whoever and whoever, you know, but you got here. But you know what? That process, somebody had to cause for that to happen. So here in, in Deuteronomy 30, uh, let's look at verse uh, 19 here. Moses, with the children of Israel, hit that God had delivered them from bondage, you know, and really they didn't know God. They had been in bondage, you know, 400 years. Now, there was nobody 400 years old there, but, you know, they, the, as, a, as a people, you know, generation after generation had been in bondage for 400 years. And the only ways that they knew were the uh, ways of slavery and the ways of the Egyptians, you know. And the ways of the Egyptian was bondage because they, wor they worship idol and false gods. And any time you're not worshiping or serving what's true guess what you're going to be in bondage even in some areas of our lives you know because we might not have the truth in that area there's bondage but you know what we have somebody who can deliver us out of bondage amen because whom the son sets free amen but in deuteronomy chapter 30 uh verse 19 and 20 Okay, let me, here we go. Moses, they're at, these, at, at this place, and Moses is charging them. They're getting ready to enter into the promise that God had given them. You know, only Moses is not going to go with them. But Moses stops and says to them, he said, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I've set before you life and death, Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, come on, that both you and your descendants may live, amen, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord your God swore to your fathers. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, in order for me and you to really know what our purpose is, you know, to know who we really are, we have to first choose who we're going to serve because that's where our identity is coming from. And God was trying to refocus their identity. Moses said, make a choice. Because there were times when they were out there in the wilderness where they were like, I want to go back to Egypt. At least we had some leeks and onions, which I had no clue. You know. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, but they seen God do all these things. 
and still desiring what bondage could give them. And Moses, he, he, right here, is really warning them. He was warning them. You got to make a choice. Because you're getting ready to enter into something that God has purpose and plan. But in order to be successful in it, you got to know who you're serving and you got to know the truth. And he said, make a choice today. Who are you going to serve? And some people in the church hadn't made that choice. We prayed prayers. Plenty of people pray prayers, you know. And come to altars, and some may cry tears. But there's no evidence in their lives that there's been a change, a transformation. And see, the Word of God, it's powerful. You know, it makes a change. And see, if our hearts are sincere, and we have really made that choice of who we're going to serve, and we find out who He really is, then you know what? There's going to be some changes because we're going to say, well, he don't like that. So I think I'm going to kind of help me. At least I'm going to say, Lord, help me get away from that because I know you don't like it. Not because we're afraid he's going to. Oh, Krispy Kreme. No, but, you know, you know, but because we want to please him. Because he's the one that brings us out of bondage and sets us free. Joshua said, and we won't turn there, but in Joshua 24, Joshua told the people, you know, he said, he said, put away your gods. You know, and, 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 and just paraphrase, he said, make a choice. Who are you going to serve? Choose you this day who you will serve. Because what your choice is, you're either going to choose life and blessing or Death and cursing. Because any choice outside of God is going to be death and cursing. But when we choose God. And Joshua then stood up boldly and said, as for me and we're going to serve the Lord. See, we need to make that choice again. There used to be a time when the church made choices like that. But we've gotten away from it because we, we've allowed things to creep into To get us focused on so much of the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and all those things. Nothing wrong with the riches and all those things. God got them and he got them for us. But God want us to serve him. And when I say serve him, that's not talking about being in bondage to him. That's talking about walking in his freedom. You know, when you're pouring out to others, Jesus said, if you do it under the least of these you did it where? To me. Oh, man, there's things God getting ready to break through if we make some little adjustments. Some things that God wants to do. I, I put my hand up in that thing, too, because we all need some adjustments. I know I do. But anyway, but God's heart is, I'm just me. God's heart is for us. You know, not against us. And God has things because there are people are hurting. Not just all around the world, and, you know, and I love to go there. But, but even here, around us, 
that need to hear and know the one who can set him free. And But we got the goods. But if we don't know we have the goods, guess what? Well, that's good. It's no good. <laughs> you know? So the next thing we need to do is, Jesus, turn to Matthew. Uh, let's see. Now turn to Genesis, excuse me, Genesis uh, chapter 1. You know, Matthew 6, 16, you know, don't turn there, just, you know, stay in Genesis. You know, Jesus, you know, on his way with his disciples, you know, he said, and they stopped, and he said, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? They begin to throw out all kind of answers. Some say Jeremiah the prophet or, or Elijah or, you know, or, you know, one of the prophets risen from the dead. And then he asked them another question, but who do you say that I am? Well, really, that was a two-pronged question. Because, you know, we just a lot of times just treat it as Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And it was. And Peter, Peter boldly said, thou the Christ. Son of the living God. And Jesus blessed him for it. Said, flesh and blood didn't give that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. But see, the other side of that question is, was really saying, who do you say that I am is? Which is, it's him, but it's his Father. You know? And see, you know, Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's referencing I am. He's really saying you're the son of I am. That's who you are, you know. But we need to know who I am is, you know. Not just, I'm not talking about me, but we need to know that too. But who I am is. In Genesis chapter 1, it says in verse 1, it says, in the beginning... God. It says created the heavens and earth, but the, the, the first part is that. In the beginning, God. I am is God. That's who I choose to serve. Amen? That's who I need to know or find out who he is. Who do I belong to? Who do I trust? Is he just some idol or something that changes with the wind? Or is he who he says he is? Who is God? That's what I got to settle. And you have to settle it by getting in the book. Amen? Turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 real quick. I know I'm taking a little time. And ain't no way I'm going to get through all this. 
I never get through it. But anyway, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the, and the word was, and the word He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all men. This is I am, who is the great I am. This is the one who made you and me. Yeah, your mom and daddy got you here. But you know what? It was I am. He got you here. Because there's a lot of people try to get pregnant and don't have children. Who want them desperately. Would be great parents, but they can't have them. You know? I'm not saying it's going to be forever, but, you know, it takes God. No matter how much a natural process it is, it takes God. And the world can't see that. The next thing is you have to find out who you are. Who you are. Let's look in Genesis again. Turn back there, Genesis 1. Let's look at verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. And over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his what? His own image. After his likeness. Male and female created he them. God created us. Just like him. You know, last week I talked about how there was no redemption for the devil. You know, because he was not created in the image of God. But you are. And even though that man blew it, you know, and we, but Jesus came, you know, years later. And he redeemed us. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Adam lost his righteousness, his authority. He lost the glory. He lost his identity. But Jesus, I came to restore that. I came to bring back your identity. You know? And it says that we were made in the image of God. Another scripture says that you know, uh, when you get born again, there's something that starts. There's a transformation or a changing that happens from glory to glory into what? 
into his image, into the image of the one that made you. Because that image got marred when Adam sinned. And see, as a believer, our image is getting changed from glory to glory to look like I am. The great I am. Why? Because the earth is groaning. It's crying out. It says it's waiting for the what? Manifestation of the. Come on now. Sons of God. In other words, the earth is waiting for the manifestation of Jesus's, plural, the body of Christ. I don't, you know, I'm not an English teacher, so, you know, but it's waiting for you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's waiting for me. It's waiting for us to manifest what the original image did. God created the heavens and earth, and then he put Adam in authority of it. You know? When I say Adam, I'm talking about Adam and Eve because they were one. He put them in authority of it to run it like he runs heaven. And Jesus said he want his will to be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. Well, the earth, for some reason, knows that, hey, something ain't happening like heaven. I used to have a taste of it. I got a little big taste later on when the one who made me showed up. But he left us, or he left those to get the word out so that we can be the ones like him still in the earth that it's groaning for. And that earth is not just talking about trees and stuff like that. You know what it's talking about? You know, the scripture says in Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. You know, you a land, Miss Jeanette. You're earth. You came from the earth. You a land. You a dwelling place. And there are other lands that don't have walking in them or on them, so to speak. I'm, you know, y'all know what I'm trying to do. You know, it don't have that walking on them, but it wants to experience it. It's crying out for it. Sometimes it don't even know it's crying out for it. It's crying out for an answer. So it turns to drugs. It turns to alcohol. It turns to illicit sex. It turns to working itself to death. It turns to suicide. It turns to any answer that it could think it could get some hope or identity from. Because God put it in all of us. There's something crying out in every person on the face of the earth. I believe it starts when they're babies. I believe that's one reason they come crying out the womb. You know, once they get that original slap. Ah! You know, they say, hey, what's going on? Why hit me? You know, they don't understand. But, you know, they just start hollering out. What's the purpose of this? But, you know, there's a crying out. There's a crying out. Not just adults. There's children sitting in schools or walking around. No joy. You know, one way you know something's all right with a child is that they're, they got joy. They got laughter. They're moving. There's something, you know. But they, 
They're sitting around, no hope, no joy. Burdened by the things of this world at an age they shouldn't even be thinking about it. Teenagers. Because they don't know who they are. And God's got us to give it to them. I ain't even getting nowhere in my message, so I'm, don't even worry about it. But see, God's given us the answer. You know, the scripture says, let the word of Christ, somebody in the word, dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Because that's the answer. That's the answer that they need. They need the wisdom of God. They need to know who they are. That God made them with the purpose for purpose on purpose. He has a plan for their life. You know, he has not given up on them. And there's hope for them. There is life for them. There is joy for them. There is peace for them. There is a future for them. And that every lie of the enemy will not come to pass in their life. He wants to know that you are my treasure. A treasured possession that I have mapped out for you. A life. A life of peace, of joy, of hope. No matter what the situation is. No matter what, Jeff. No matter what. And it don't have to be somebody from a pulpit. Come on. Oh, oh, excuse me. It don't have to be somebody from a pulpit telling them. See, y'all know I ain't used to these things. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? You're Jesus. Come on. Come on. In the flesh. The word became, down later in verse 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Dwelt among us. And we're sitting right next to people or brushing by them or, you know, driving by them, you know. Because sometimes we don't know who we are. And the Holy Spirit and Jesus is saying, if y'all want my line, you can get it from Rosie. She'll print it off for you. I'll pay for the paper and the ink. But, uh, you know, crying out. The Holy Spirit said, come on. Spend that time with me in the word. It don't have to be hours and hours a day. You know, some people do that, you know, because they, they got a little different thing they're doing. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold set in a picture made of fine, pure silver. And as an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so will the Holy Spirit be to an obedient ear. 
He'll bring out of you, out of the treasures of darkness. See, it's dark. You, you can't see in there. That's why I say it's dark. Things that will set people free. The greatest treasure we have is the word of God dwelling in us. The spirit of truth. I remember times when I was, you know, years ago in the military. I was a baby in Christ. Probably still am, but, you know, and, you know, I'd be in the dining hall and this airman there and everything. And I'd be coming off a three-day fast and I'm hungry. I didn't know how to break a fast, so I was hungry and I'm going to eat. You know, I'm a baby. So, so you know, I'd go fill my tray up. You know, going to sit down and, and, and the Holy Spirit say, sit over there with him. I'm hungry. <laughs> I ain't ate in three days. You know, <laughs> I'm saying this on the inside, you know. I said, come, because I knew what was going to happen. And so I said, come on, you know. So I go over there, sit down, you know, and I ain't going to say nothing because I'm hungry. I'm hoping he, you know, just, I can just eat. And then all of a sudden, this person says something, and I said, oh, I got no choice now. And, you know, and I began to just say some things. I mean, I'm really young in the Lord. I mean, you know, I don't know if I had been saved a year. But you know what? I began saying things. He said, you crazy. <laughs> he said, that ain't in the Bible. And you know what I did after, after that thing was over? I ran home. I ran home or to the to the barracks dorms or whatever you call. It. I ran, got there, and I started turning the pages. Cause really I didn't know if it was in there. I'm 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 being honest. I really didn't know. So I started, cause he had told me it wasn't. He was he was of this certain denomination and everything, you know. Uh, but and and the Holy Spirit take me right to it. And I said, oh, it's in there. <laughs> it's in there. And I turned to the other thing. Oh, it's in there. And you know what he told me? He said, even though you had never read it or heard it, he said, spirit of truth lives in you. And when I needed to get it to somebody, whether you know it or not, I can bring it out. How do you think the scriptures got around? Holy men of God wrote or spoke as the spirit gave them what? Utterance. But he was giving them utterance from the word of life. Now, that didn't mean I didn't have to do my studying part because I had to start getting in there. Actually, that gave me a more hunger. But see, don't be fearful. What you carry is life and power. Hebrews 4, 16 says the word of God is alive. It's powerful. Dunamis, dynamite, spiritual dynamite. It'll divide asunder the heart and the soul. Joints and marrow the discern of the thoughts and the intentions mm, of the heart. God know how to get in there with them. You just go with an attitude of love 
and say, you know what? I'm going to be bold for God. I might not know it all. I'm, you know, I ain't calling myself a preacher. But you know what? If I feel the Lord leading me or if I see an opportunity and I say, oh, this, this got to be God because, you know, I don't have to know it all. I don't have to quote every scripture. All I got to do is say, you know, you can say it to yourself and Holy Spirit, help me. He'll begin to pull out of you. Sometimes things you didn't read or hear. And sometimes things you heard preached or said that will be life to them that hear it or find it in their ear and medicine to their whole body. Restoring their soul. One word from God. One word from God. It happens to me a lot, you know. Sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I'm, when I say I miss it, sometimes I'm, you know, flesh. So I got to do my work, <laughs> you know. But God has given me so much favor that I can do things. I can speak to people that some people would be afraid to speak to. Not because of who I am, even though it is, but it's because of who I am because of whose I am. But it's the same for you. He's called us to rule and reign in this life. You're a ruler. You got authority. And you can speak just like Jesus did with authority. But he do want us to get in that word. Because the power of your words can change the situation. Not just for others, but for you. In Mark 11, Jesus said this. After he had spoke to the speak tree and said, no man eat of you again. That don't sound like a curse, even though it is, you know, because we got a concept of what cursing is. But anyway, next day when they came back, he said, hey, hey, check it out. Jesus, look at the tree with you curse. Oh, oh, man, what happened? It's withered up and dry. And Jesus said, have faith, have persuasion, have conviction. In other, other words, know who you serve. Come on, come on. In God. Whosoever shall what? Say to this mountain. Be plucked up and be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart the things which he saith. Whatsoever he saith, shall, he shall have it'll be done the mountain's gonna jump it's gonna move but the concentration we always concentrate on the doubt in the heart he only mentioned doubt once but he mentioned saying it saying it saying it what you say matters a parent you tell your little child oh you stupid you shouldn't do that you just stupid guess what you spoke a lot of death you better pray and dig that stuff up. Because you know what? You were a child once. Think about it. How it affected you and some things. Maybe you never heard any bad things. But you know what? It'll last with you most of you. I, I remember some things that were said to me when I was, you know, two, three, or four or five years old. You know? Good and bad. That's the power of it. And it it's working in that. That word works in there. Making a change in your life. 
And it'll transform. If it's the word of God, it'll transform us into the image of Christ. But if it's not, guess whose image you're getting changed into? We don't want to hear things like that. He loves us so much. I know my time's gone, and I, <laughs> I, am, I ain't going to even apologize. I, I do apologize, but, <laughs> you know, I tell you one thing, you know, I'm not looking to be a great preacher, great evangelist, a great pastor, anything like that. You know, people be trying to put labels on me, but I say, oh. you know what I want to be? A good son. An obedient son. You know, that has the Holy Spirit like that ornament to an obedient ear. You know. Proclaim my word. Declare it in truth. Speak my word only. I will be with you. He said to the end of the age. I'll confirm it every day. Because we're his body. There's confirmations happening every day. With signs and wonders that will follow you. The power of the word in your mouth is the same power and authority if it was in God's mouth as a child of God. And that starts with knowing whom you serve, knowing who he is, who I am is, and who you are. You're called you're chosen, you're redeemed, you're blessed. More than a conqueror can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Nothing being impossible for you because you believe him. That's who we are. That's who we're called to be. The head not the tail. Above only, not beneath. Blessed going out, blessed coming in. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. You're called to be a servant to others. To serve them the word of God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And if we'll just take those opportunities, people will say, oh, God is good. Father, Thank you, Father. I trust you that what needed to be delivered today was delivered 
I know we have our plans, how we want things to go. But you are God. You order our steps. Father, you give light to those who don't see a hope. You give joy to those, Father, who are in sorrow. You give strength to those who are weak. You are God, and there is not another. Father, these your children, your disciples, those you have redeemed whom you love. Father, seal what they've heard by your spirit in their hearts. Grant us boldness to speak that which is life changing for good to others. Cause us to rise up into who we are. Not trying to get it all together in ourselves, but trusting you. Because you make a way. Because you are the way. Father, I thank you for your purposes and plans coming forth from your treasured vessels. Father, this week, confirm your word through them with signs following. Whether it be on their job, whether it be to their spouse, whether it be to a friend, whether it be even to themselves. Because sometimes like David, we have to speak to ourselves. Father, I speak a blessing encouraging them to go forth in the power of it. Your angels working with them. Father, we believe these seats will be filled. We believe, Father, for testimonies. Not because of great preaching, but because of great hearing and doing. Thank you, Father. These whom you love and purposed. Father, the cares that they have as they give it to you and just yield themselves to you. They'll see things begin to work out. Things begin to change for them, but also for others because they're freed up. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
if you don't know who this God is we've been talking about, or you've never received them into your heart on purpose, you haven't acknowledged who Jesus is in your life. You haven't invited him in to be your Lord and Savior. And you don't know. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.